Welcome to this week's edition of BD Extra. We're here each week bringing the latest trends from Google and around the market. We'll also be featuring guests each week to give you a unique perspective on our new normal. This week, we've got a couple of our frontline responders, so we'll introduce them here in a moment. But before we get to our special guests, I have Tim Costello here to share the latest updates on the market and trends we're seeing on Google Search. Take it away, Tim. Well, I feel like I'm going to get kicked off this show because I'm just boring. Boring, 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 and more boring again. Let's work on your image a little bit. Well, we're looking at the Google National New Home Index. And once again, for the eighth week in a row, it is up and to the right. Now, we are beginning to see topping activity. So if you remember, we started this year out 15 to 20% over last year. And builders were ecstatic. They were selling homes like crazy. We got into the third week in February. We started seeing a decline. Four weeks in a row, we saw a decline. Mm -hmm. The overall market had dropped by about 35% in four weeks. It looked like it was a falling knife. Everybody was panicking. We were jumping. It was not fun. And then suddenly in that fifth week, we saw an uptick. And then uh, for eight weeks in a row, we now have kind of been going up and, and to the right to the point where several weeks ago, we actually passed last year. So year over year comparisons were positive. Now year over year comparisons are kind of ridiculous. We have 24% more consumers interested in new home real estate now than we did last year this time. Nutty. So, so not over here have we surpassed last year. We've even surpassed the very hot market in uh, January and early February this year, and it continues to kind of uh, go up and to the right. So that's kind of a boring story. I mean, it's, it's a fabulous story for home. I, I, we will take boring like that any day. That's awesome. But there are some kind of, I, I'll throw out some kind of different statistics this week so that I don't get kicked off the show. Um, the other thing that's really important this week is we have seen a resurgence in the last couple of weeks of mortgage applications for homes. Mm-hmm. And mortgage application rates for purchasing of new homes is now getting back into the same range a kind of average range uh, that it historically has been. So while there was this pause of people not buying and struggling of how to buy virtually and whether they're interested, but not pulling the trigger. But but we're also then seeing, so it's not just consumer interest now, we're actually seeing people buy homes, right? Because if they're obviously they're applying for a mortgage, they are planning on going through with a purchase commitment. So we're seeing that, which should show then that we should start to see sales follow this consumer interest trend right. in, in the following week. So that bodes really well. Uh, and then the last thing that I uh, kind of uh, throw out there is there has been a, a profound amount of research right now about where people are searching mm-hmm. and what the future of home looks like. Specifically, that kind of the difference between suburban, rural, and urban marketplaces. And uh, the recent uh, stats that just came out on that uh, showed that um, small town searches, so these are searches in towns of 10,000 to 50,000 people, are up 105%. Wow. So we are seeing a big lift in people looking for small towns. We we also saw a huge lift in people looking for rural areas. So these are not mm-hmm. even small towns. This is rural property. That peaked in kind of March uh, and then began to contract. But, but even last week, it was still the seven-day rolling average was 80% over where it was uh, kind of the same time, uh, you know. Uh, last year. That's probably that peak panic moment where people were just really ready to get out. It's fascinating (laughs) when you look at the graph uh, about the middle of March. Well, I shouldn't say that. The first week in March, rural properties absolutely peaked. It peaked at about 175% more year over year than it had. And that's great for our Boyle builders. Uh, That's great for Boyle, manufactured homes, lots of different uh, teeny home manufacturers, all kinds of different things. And then we saw at the same time that a, a very similar trend, almost identical in shape, 
for people searching small towns. Mm-hmm. Um, and at that time, we saw urban properties start to decline. And urban properties actually shrank for the latter half of March and April and have now just begun to break over the line and have some positive year-over-year comparisons, um, which is good. That's very good for the urban market builders. But it is interesting, the shift. So while we're seeing tons of enthusiasm and demand, there's there's no question that the work at home and the ability for people to work remotely is starting to change people's perception on where they where they potentially can live, how far away that could be, what kind of situation they want to live in. Uh, and there clearly from this is some some urban flight going on and more importantly, flight to what we would call flyover cities or tertiary markets. Mm-hmm. Um, so this isn't even, you know, uh, the typical Austin and Knoxville and Charlotte and, you know, those kind of things. These are even smaller markets that are getting a lot of love right now from consumers. Interesting. Very fascinating. But it should, um, one, for our build on your lot builders that we talked about, manufactured homes, certainly, but also just people getting out of that urban environment and wanting to move to the suburbs. This Uh, could be that trigger, especially if they can work from home, right? So that commute is not really an issue. I I was having a discussion earlier this morning with some CEOs, and uh, it was interesting because we were talking about, one, how likely is it that we are really going to long-term have work from home? And- it was interesting. The consensus was that it is not going to become a long-term trend. Uh, many of them report high percentage of their populations wanting to be back in the office. They want the social <laughs> yes. interaction. They're tired of working at home. They're tired of sequestering. It was really neat for a while. And then then there's still the kind of productivity issue. Um, it's been really interesting. The, the kind of commentary was is while we're all hunkered down and everybody in society is doing nothing but being at home and kind of working and taking care of the family and kids and, you know, and all that kind of stuff. Um, that productivity seems to be pretty good because there's nothing else to do. Mm. But as we start to open up and we can now go do other things, that the productivity of the work begins to decline. Right. Uh, so it's just interesting how everybody's looking at this. And my gosh, a lot of people are measuring this in incredible detail. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. But I think no matter what, there's going to be a portion of society that when we get done with this, whether it's 10% of the workforce or 5% of the workforce or 20% of the workforce, there's going to be a portion of the workforce that no longer is required to come into the office every day. Right. And it may be only one day a week. And if that's the case and your job's in San Francisco, then do you live in Santa Rosa or do you live in uh, Lake Tahoe or you know, do you live in Reno, Nevada? Right. And one day a week you drive to the city uh, for that one day. So I, I think the redefinition of work uh, could potentially change. And this will mean that builders are going to start to have to search out these really uh, desirable uh, tertiary markets and smaller town markets and figure out how they can start to provide housing uh, in these markets. So it may change the industry. Yeah, interesting. All right, so I don't want to delay any longer. Um, today, we have two experts from our BDX family, and we really do look at these gals as our frontline responders, if you will. So uh, today with us, we have Lisa Carolyn, who's the VP of Operations for EX Squared, And that's our company that does kind of custom high-end engagements, websites, other uh, IT initiatives with our builders. And I also have Rebecca Coyne, who manages our retail products team. And that's anything from websites to kiosks to interactive site plans. Um, And her websites are typically um, mid-sized builders or small builders, custom builders in that range. Super exciting about both of these gals. Lisa has been with us for 15 years. And then um, Rebecca 
has been with us for seven years. So she actually did start with us when she was uh, an intern getting her master's degree. So super excited to have both of them with us here today to really talk to us about what are they seeing with builders? What has happened through this new normal and how they've had to pivot and adjust with our builders? So thank you and uh, welcome to Lisa and Rebecca. So the first question I have is just, you know, how are builders shifting their messaging right now to connect with website visitors? Now we've been in this for, you know, a couple of months now. So some of this you have to kind of think back to that beginning days, but some of it's continuing. How has that messaging shifted? And we'll start with Lisa. Yeah, thank you, Melissa. Um, and happy to be here. So I really saw the builders that we work with, you know, a lot of large enterprise builders, initially just trying to cover the core. Um, I hear that people, no one can visit a home, no one can tour a home. How do we explain that, right? So just really addressing that specific piece around um, just seeing a home. Now they're really shifting into well-rounded messaging. So covering their entire audience, the entire engagement. So again, how do I tour a home? What are your hours? How do I close these days? You know, what's the story and what's the process around that? What do I do if I have a warranty issue? Um, for realtors, it's been an interesting piece there because they, you know, we know that um, used home listings use 10speak has been, they've been trending down quite a bit. There's just not a lot available in the market. So there's really an interest for realtors in new homes. So, you know, seeing lead submissions more from realtors and just uh, trying to create a, a story and a conversation around that. When, when people are trying to explain, like, how do you close virtually? What kind of tools are they using? I mean, are, are they using just text that says, here's how it works and it's long text? Or are they using little kind of explainer videos or infographics. I mean, you know, it, it kind of makes a difference these days, right, of how we communicate. I was wondering if you've seen any kind of novel or interesting uses of technology. Yeah. So we've, we've uh, I think Lennar has the drive-through closing, you know, which they support with a video and imaging, um, kind of showing that process. Email communication has been important. Social media communication has been important. Um, you know, anything around video marketing and blogging, you know, really creating that voice and creating that context, not just, oh, here's a line drawing of here's how you make an offer, here's how you close, you know, going through that process and really trying to make that more conversational and have a bit more of a personality with real people um, showing that process. Great. Okay. All right. So, Rebecca, over to you. What have you seen in terms of this messaging shift? Yeah, absolutely. Um, for smaller builders, they typically don't have the bandwidth to create really big marketing pushes, you know, around this new normal. So for them, it's finding and getting really crafty uh, and utilizing what they have around them that, that's really easy to set up. So, you know, online scheduling of appointments, utilizing Google calendars, Calendly, there are a lot of easy to use or really low cost tools that I'm finding them take advantage of. Um, you know, even with the BDX media team, we, uh, you know, we put together this awesome video that is branded for these smaller builders so that they can really easily add a video to their website, add content, uh, explaining what a buyer um, will, will encounter within this, within this new normal and, and what that means to, you know, from visiting, visiting with a sales counselor to, to close. So great to hear, Rebecca, that our builders are actually using those 
we call them the PSA videos that we put together, the public service announcement videos. It's great to hear that they're getting good use out of those. I think it's interesting what Re uh, Rebecca just kind of picked up on those. You know, we have been talking about scheduling appointments in this industry for over a decade. Mm -hmm. And as soon as you bring it up, then everybody throws these roadblocks out there. Like, oh, you know, we're not on all Outlook or you know, we, we can't have people going in and looking at people's calendars and they can't just free for all do or this. Or maybe know. they can schedule an appointment, but not same day. Yes. God forbid, we can't handle that. And, it won't go through the system. And what happens is we've, we've for, for a decade, we've had these conversations that just seize us up and we don't take action. And what I have found so interesting about this pandemic is it was such an immediate, profound change in consumer behavior that we have found our way through these objections. Mm -hmm. That now suddenly we can find Calendarly and we can look at you know Google Calendar and go, good enough. We can use that. We'll simply put each one of our model homes or each one of our spec homes on Google Calendar and we'll use that and we'll tell our sales folks that they have to use that as well. And it's done. Right. It's just, it's not a one-year analysis project. You know, as much as I have empathy for Lisa and Rebecca and their teams and all of our frontline teams, because we're just swamped with, okay, we need to change this. We need to pivot this. And, you know, thank goodness we can do those things quickly. It's exciting. It's actually exciting to see the builders step up and just do versus, you know, talk about doing. So super exciting to see well, that. And Rebecca, your job is almost, it seems like it's almost like a kind of a, a bit of a market sleuth. Your job is to go out there and find all of these little teeny tools that are out there that are available that can solve these problems for builders and yet not have to invest a ton of money in technology and just integrate them into their web portfolio so that they can move forward and get stuff done. Exactly. I mean, pivoting quickly is, is key here. So by utilizing tools that you can find readily available, um, that's, that's the way to win. Absolutely. And we've so, seen it, even with the, the really large builders, uh, you know, you don't have to be perfect or have 100% coverage for every single home in any of these programs that you're trying to launch, right? Mm -hmm. You try it, you measure it, you refine it, you expand it and keep going through that, that cycle, uh, you know, until uh, you get it right, but that you're increasing engagement the whole way through. Oh, amen, sister. You know, Agile's been such a huge issue in the development community for a long time. And most of us have been reading articles on Agile marketing you know, for, the, for the last three or four years, at least. You know, everybody goes, oh, marketing's going to become Agile. And I think with this pandemic, I think that's really happened. I think suddenly these kind of obstacles, like what you said, Lisa, where if it's not a 100% solution, then we can't, it's not a solution at all. You know, that we put all these roadblocks in front of us. It has to be integrated, has to be 100%, has to be available to everybody, has to be perfect, has to serve all potential customers. And I think the crisis just made us kind of lower those barriers and say, you know what, we need solutions and we need them fast. And I think what we're beginning to, to behave like is we're beginning to behave like Agile. You make quick decisions, you put solutions in the market, and then you refine them and enhance them, and you move on in these kind of quick marketing sprints where every week, our product is physically changing. Absolutely. So it's kind of interesting um, because obviously on New Home Source and the sites that we run for the industry, we're doing all kinds of things in terms of calls to action, different calls to action. However a customer would like to reach a builder, we are enabling. Um, it's really important. So just curious to hear from both of you, what have you seen in terms of a shift or a change in those calls to action? And I'll, I'll start with you, Rebecca, this time. Absolutely. So we're seeing creative marketing uh, ideas come out come out from a lot of our builders. Um, one of my builders created a coloring book that's branded for them. 
that kids can print out, especially if they're at home, um, you know, get their boards. I love that. Their, it's super cute. That's awesome. And, and they're creating their own exactly. marketing piece that's going to sit on the, you know, the refrigerator or whatever, and it's branded X Homes. It, it reminds me of years ago when we were talking about putting Easter eggs in hotspots yes. and renderings, and we'd say, put a doghouse in the back or, or a swing set or a playhouse and click on it and say, download plans to build this playhouse. Mm-hmm. And it just to make it engaging and interesting. And this stuff doesn't cost any, you know, hardly anything, no, no, but it really great. changes the experience with your brand. I love that, Rebecca. Yeah, you know, and I'm also seeing a lot of uh, builders find their heart. Um, a lot of builders are getting philanthropic. This is a great mm. time for builders to show, you know, they are part of the community and, and you know, buyers tend to support causes and feel proud to do so if there is a win-win solution. Uh, you know, if you're already in the market of buying a new home, it only sweetens the deal knowing that part of me doing so is giving back to the community in which I live and work. So I'm mm. finding a lot of builders find their heart in humanizing themselves. Oh, that's so nice. That's great. All right, Lisa, what are you seeing in terms of those calls to action on with your builders? Yeah, sure. Uh, there's been the usual, you know, lead, chat, text, even to, you know, one extent or another, you know, lead forms that are starting to uh, have the text slash SMS opt-in pieces that everybody's been working on for a while. I think the biggest wins have been around online meetings, though, and not just for taking a tour of a home, it's really throughout the entire journey. So meeting with the sales team, someone's in the home and walking you through real time with their phone on a tour, um, meeting with the financing team or just trying to get questions answered, sort of a sales consultation about the closing process and documentation, um, working with your builder while you're through the construction process. And then customer care, believe me, they don't, the maintenance teams don't want to be going into your homes any more than you want them coming into their, your homes right now, you know, depending on where you live. But that's been another big win using online meetings like Zoom and GoToMeeting and things too. Um, I think the other piece around communication is making sure that digital is inclusive for everyone. So we've got uh, a lot of our builders are working towards, um, there's a standards body called the Web Content Accessibility Guidelines and working, so it's WCAG, uh, working towards a level AA of certification and, and compliance for accessibility on all their digital communications. So things like having alt text and images, ability for screen readers to skip around videos if they don't have captions, making sure your colors have a high enough contrast. So really making sure that all of your digital engagement is inclusive. Lately, it's going to become a standard in certain areas. Canada, January 2021, it hits in many provinces. So a lot of a lot of our builders that build across the border, um, that that's very high priority for them. Uh, it's also great for SEO. So if a screen reader can access your digital screens well, that means that the search engines can too. Um, and it's really uh, it's really a, a great practice. A lot of them have been you know considering using our in-scene artificial intelligence tool to help with that. So applying attributes and alt text and things like that to images. 
Yeah, very cool. It is, it is. And it, what's interesting is I know that both both of you have been working aggressively with your builders over you know the last year on making sure that they're as compliant as they would like to be. But it does seem like in this time when digital is the way to connect, that becomes even more important, both from a legal perspective as well as just you know being being inclusive to your point, Lisa. So. Lisa had so much content there. It's almost like you got to unpack it. I mean, I got so excited when she started. Yeah. She just started talking about yeah. just text. I know. We, and, and what she said, it the way she said it was like, it's so passe now. Like, of course, everyone does text and everybody has, you know, <laughs> chat leads and stuff. A couple months ago, that was just like you were talking foreign to, yeah, I mean, to our builders. It is very clear the consumer population has moved on. You know, we use our mobile devices for everything. We prefer to get stuff via back, back via text. We expect text to be much quicker, much faster, and quippier too. I'm not going to read paragraphs. You're going to give me the information I need really quick, really fast. And that has been an area that our industry has lagged substantially. So the fact that builders are really focusing on text and how to engage consumers with text is huge. I think the other really interesting uh, concept around these virtual appointments is that they may actually be permanent fixtures now of the entire customer journey. Yet you, you have to think about the customer journey just you know ten weeks ago, you know, right before this this crisis. Usually, you had to get in a car and you had to drive somewhere and you mm-hmm. had to make a formal appointment. You had to go into somebody's office. Right? It takes a lot of time. Versus the idea of saying. Oh, at two o'clock, I've got a quick little virtual appointment with a loan origination officer who's going to walk me through the steps. It takes 15 minutes. I didn't have to get in a car. I didn't have to drive across town. I'm not sure that these aren't permanent right. fixtures. Of- or I have half an hour. I want to go see that home. I've been dying to see that home. Honey, let's go. Let's go see that home right now. Right now, from from the comfort of your couch, right, mm-hmm. <laughs> on your laptop. So I, I just think a lot of this is going to carry over permanently. And I don't mean that it's going to replace all in-person meetings in the future necessarily. You know, we're pretty social animals. But I do think it could replace a very significant portion of that in the future and have a, a lot of longevity in our industry. Yeah, for sure. So Lisa, question for you. So I love what Rebecca shared in terms of the builder who did the coloring book, which is now marketing on the fridge. I just love that. What have you seen, you know, from a builder that you just found was extremely creative? Yeah, one project that we worked with in my homes on was what we we gave it the code name project Couch Potato. So you could search for home from the comfort of your couch. Okay, but that sounds like that shipped- sounds like Will Duderstadt. Uh, that's just vintage Will Duderstadt. <laughs> I love it. Hundred <laughs> um, percent. But it was to uh, send out Google Cardboard headsets to anyone who was interested, where they had the uh, virtual tours available for their homes, and just over a month of the program, they've sent out thirty five hundred. Google Cardboard headset. Wow. Wow. Kudos to them. And I think, you know, one thing that allowed them to pivot so quickly is that they tend to be kind of on that, you know, front edge. And I know you love working with them because they're always kind of out there. So they were poised to do this. At the same time, though, that took some activation energy to go, okay, how do we pivot and pivot fast? They pivoted super early and fast. But you think about that, you know, we've always said content is king. Mm -hmm. And, And this is just proving the point. People want content. They they want immersive, rich experiences that are that are just like you're there. But boy, if they can have that in the comfort of their home, and if you offer this stuff up, what incredible lead bait. You think about that. You, you can't send somebody a headset unless you know where they live. So you have their address, their name. Yep. 
you have everything. And uh, those would be 3,500 incredibly high value leads, all making use of content you already had. Yes. And, you know, Google, yes. Google Cardboards cost you a buck or two. I mean, they, you know, they're a few dollars uh, to produce. Just brilliant, brilliant yeah. execution. Yeah, really great to see. So I am going to wrap us up here. I, I swear we could talk all day because these gals have seen everything and experienced everything. You know, just just one last question on what do you guys see as the silver lining of this whole situation besides the fact that you get to work like, you know, even more hours than you normally do? And I'll start with uh, Rebecca this time. What's what's the silver lining of all this? So really the silver lining in all of this to me um, is that we're finally spending time to focus on our digital efforts and and really give that buyer the optimal experience that, that they do so deserve. Um we're proving to our communities that we can and will adapt to changing environments and to be here for them for the dream of homeownership. You know, builders are able to take this time that they have to really start to future-proof their digital marketing strategies and be able to consistently, you know, pivot in a way that delights customers, strengthens community bonds, and and really engage with clients virtually like like never before. Um, these shifts and calls to action this content, the messaging, this this is imperative as we as we go into the future. And, and I'm really glad that this is really this has given us a chance um, to have those conversations with our buyers and and really and really look towards the future um, and be able to be able to pivot quickly. All right, Lisa, how about you? Yeah, so a few things that really just kind of follow on the threads that we've talked about today. You know, Tim talked about the exurban flight, you know, that we're seeing and people looking for homes. Redfin had an article again today, you know, outside of the heart of the city for affordability reasons, for space reason, right? Um, and, and, you know, we've got more flexible work arrangements that may or may not stick, you know, to one degree or another. Uh, so I think there's a big opportunity to create stories around these peripheral communities, you know, that amazing Kolachi shop outside of Columbus that's on your your town square, so to speak, and, and really create a sense of community and really focus on those extra communities uh, instead of just the quote-unquote uh, division or metro that we're always so focused on creating the story around. So I think that's an amazing marketing opportunity and way to engage. Um, the other piece I've seen in working with a lot of the builders very closely is the agility has been amazing from the marketing teams, the technology teams to really dig in, um, you know, again, don't try and perfect everything out the gate, but to really make these shift and, and really compressing what they had for their timelines for the entire year or next two years into a matter of a few months. It's been really amazing. I think your comments uh, on market strategy are are just brilliant. I think the to a certain extent our industry being that most of our industry builds on suburban rings has been fighting at least for the last 10 years is kind of urban focused where mm -hmm. everybody young wants to live in the cities everybody retiring wants to live in the cities it's about urban renewal urban growth your urban 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 and you know our builders are kind of you know, sitting there a little sheepishly going, well, we build mostly on the suburban, you know, on the suburban rings. But those suburban rings are close to very small town America. They're running into, as Lisa said, all these little teeny towns that have a little courthouse square or a little, you know, public square. And there's a little bakery and there's a little coffee shop and there's a little barbecue joint or whatever on the square. And since that's what people are looking for, 
then it seems like we can merge the best of both worlds. You can live in the suburban fringe in an actual developed community with all those amenities, but you can be close to this kind of small town America and yet still be a part of the larger metro. And I think that is an interesting marketing message for builders to try to balance when people are looking to escape. Our, our, our suburban builders may be just the right escape. Well, on that note, really loved hearing all of our guests today and their perspectives. They're doing an amazing job working with all of the builders. And I, I think they're really loving it as much as it's a lot of work. The fact that digital has come into its own is just really gratifying, I think, for all of us here at BDX. So that is it for this week. We are a wrap. Stay tuned for next week and everybody stay safe and sane.